0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to FGC Hollywood, a fighting game podcast, episode 21. This episode is going to be a little different than usual. We had some technical difficulties recording this podcast, and it was mostly on my end. So unfortunately, when I record the podcast, I normally wear noise-canceling headphones. And so roughly 30 minutes into the show, which I recorded with Pringle, my neighbors had started playing extremely loud music outside my window, but I did not notice it in real time. Therefore, I tried removing the music and post on my vocal track. However, it didn't work and all I was left with was a poor audio quality track with a hiss on my end. So this is what's going to happen. Luckily, friend of the show Broken Wing was able to do an impromptu podcast with me and we updated the show notes to include impressions from the developer's second roundtable and we also talked about the Guilty Gear Strive beta. However, there will also be another video that I'm going to format as a Q&A using Pringle's original audio from the podcast. So his impressions of the Guilty Gear Strive beta will be heard on a separate upload. So with that giant preamble out of the way, enjoy the show Stay classy. it's like literally
1: anything you can think of it will have K- uh, kyo just bursting out saying hey want to play kof
0: first of all broken i appreciate you coming in again on short notice i called you on there's a lot to get to and we're kind of going to redo everything here so uh hollywood question of the week but uh, I don't know if you saw that, but Majin Obama put out this uh, YouTube video uh, talking about the term boomer and old head and how he believes it's a mentality and that's not associated with age. What do you think about it? Do you agree? Disagree?
1: I agree because I'm not even a old person and I have some boomer ass thoughts every now and then. It's very much a mentality and not an age thing because there's a lot of people in the FTC that will come out with boomer hot takes like arcade is the best place to go to play fighting games if you... If you go, don't go to an arcade. You're already missing out on like several ways of becoming the best fighting game player because that's where everyone goes to become the best fighting game player. And I'm like, Lost Soul literally became the number one a Guilty Gear player in America by just playing online.
0: <laughs> right. I mean, Punk too, right?
1: Yeah, Punk did too, too. So if you're telling me that the arcades the only place to go, I just we just gave you two examples where that's not the truth.
0: Yeah, I would tend to agree. I believe uh, Pringle said the same thing. I would consider myself a boomer on certain things, but also more progressive on other things. But I probably lean more boomer mentality, th- but not like crazy boomer. I don't think like I'm crazy boomer, like some of the people who you see on Twitter with their hot takes. But uh, I don't know, give it a couple years. <laughs> I might join them soon.
1: Oh, man, I can't wait for the Twitter hot take. Man, back in the day, Eno was so much harder because you had to do 632146P in order to do her, her ACL. Now all I got to do is 214. Dang, you kids have it easy.
0: It'll be 2035. I'm still talking about Persona 4 Arena. <laughs> <laughs> Good times. Okay, so let's uh, get started with the news, and a lot of these are going to be pretty quick until we get to the Guilty Gear section, because that's going to take the majority of the show. The, the first item of news here is DFCI plus R is coming soon. So on February 14th, 2021, the Dengeki Bunko Fighting Climax Ignition, the unofficial Twitter account for it, announced that they will be implementing rollback netcode into DFCI. A beta will take place starting 12 p.m. Eastern, which is technically today as we're recording this podcast, February 21st, 2021. And all details on how to get started are available in the announcement tab of the DFCI community Discord. Now, I went to their Discord and I saw that they had this little quote here. They said that it is important to note that the early version of DFCI PC rollback caster will require a static internal IP for hosting matches. While there are plans to implement the system without the need for this in the future, currently this is how they will proceed to match up against each other during this beta. I'm I'm not saying DFCI is is like a Kusuge game. It's uh, it's just a lower tier anime game in my opinion. It's amazing that these lower tier anime games are getting rollback netcode, but we're all like you know holding our breath for the triple A games to make sure that they get rollback netcode. It's you know it's funny the uh, you know what? yeah I'll, I'll talk about it
1: later, but yeah it, I think it is weird.
0: But, yeah, last thing on that., uh, shout outs to the FCI community. I know I don't know that they're very big, but uh, that game looks kind of fun. It's not for me. like I won't play the beta. I won't I'm not too interested in it, but I like the fact that fighting games get an ability to play online and in better conditions, and I want that for every fighting game, not just the ones I play. So good for them. The next one is Samurai Showdown, Shattering All Expectations Plus More. So this is going to be all of the SNK stuff that we found out during the roundtable number two. So on February 21st, 2021, SNK had a lot of announcements as part of the Japanese fighting game developer roundtable number two. The first announcement had to do with the release of SNK vs. Capcom, the match of the millennium on Nintendo Switch, which is currently available for purchase. This announcement also came with SNK thanking Capcom for their support on this release, which seems to indicate that the relationship between the two companies is perhaps becoming more amicable than in the years prior. Now, I believe you said this, maybe not last week, but one of the times we did the podcast together, you mentioned this, that the relationship between Capcom and SNK seems to be patching up things. I did say that. And you were bringing up the idea of like, well, maybe there is a future for CVS3.
1: It sure does feel like it. That's what I'm feeling. It sure does feel like it. And I'm happy. I'm, I'm all for it. I'm telling you right now, I have two games in my databank for games that I wish will come out but will never come out. And somehow, some way, these two games are somehow magically finding a way to go from never coming out to there's a possibility. And those games are Melty HD and CVS3. I've always said, man, I want Mel-THD and CVS3. And last year, we got an announcement for Tsukihime Remake. So mm-hmm. there's there's Mel-THD on the horizon. And then today, we got, was it
0: svc 2 or one is it, SVC2 or 1? Is it 1? I believe SNK versus Capcom Dimension Millennium is the first one.
1: Yeah, so we got that one. So we got SVC1. T- yeah, I don't know why I keep saying 2 because <laughs> everybody
0: yeah everybody likes uh
1: well everyone likes cvs not svc svc is kind of bad but svc is kind of like the poster child to becoming cvs
0: mm-hmm. but yeah there's definitely a chance that we'll get that in the future and i mean yeah like you said melty hd which one are you more excited for melty hd or cvs3
1: okay melty hd i'm a, bee, yeah. I'm a, I'm a big weeb so i'd rather play melty hd than cvs3 but you know CVS3, That's it's high up there. It's really high up there.
0: Yeah, I would tend to agree. I think I'd be more hyped for, for Melty. But again, CVS3 would be amazing. Okay, secondly, SNK revealed the Chom Chom trailer for Samurai Showdown. Chom Chom will be released as part of the first character for Season 3 on March 16th, 2021, along with the Xbox Series X and S versions of the game. Furthermore, SNK discussed the roadmap for Samurai Showdown with the next character already being announced, that being The Last Blade's Takanahibiki. The third character is still unknown, and the fourth character and final character planned for Season 3 being a collaboration between Guilty Gear and SNK for another guest character. Now, this this was unexpected. This came out of left field. I could never have thought of this, but it does make sense. Specifically because there are a couple of, of names that would make sense. One that I, is very popular. But this collaboration between Guilty Gear and, and K. Obviously, they need a sword user. They need a samurai. Who do you think they're going to pick here?
1: All right. There's only two samurai that exist. And that's Johnny and freaking, we get it, biking. Johnny Johnny's a samurai? I thought
0: he was just a sword user. He's not a samurai. Is he?
1: He's a pirate samurai. <laughs> but um, my favorite tweet I've ever saw on Twitter was, Damn! So Biken got uh, got sidetracked to de- delayed base netcode hell. Damn!
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn! I didn't even think about that. You think it's Biken then?
1: Okay. Everyone knows. Everyone knows. Everyone with like a working brain cell, which all you need is one brain cell, knows that Biken's the most popular Guilty Gear character to ever exist. Okay. Who said that? Everyone did trust me it's even it's even based on their uh their character pr- uh character polls every country minus japan had biken as number 1 japan being biken number 2 so yeah they need a samurai it's going
0: to be biken what about nagoriyuki
1: Mm nagoriyuki's new so he wouldn't have any like love put into him like people are still learning him and all that but there's no attachment to him yet like biken held so much attachment so It's going to sell more, that DLC, if it was Biken than if it was Nagoriyuki. Nagoriyuki looks fire, don't get me wrong. He's a cool pick, but in terms of getting more people interested in this DLC, it would have to be Biken.
0: Yeah, but just to play devil's advocate, don't you think Nagoriyuki is a better fit with regards to his playstyle? Because he's slower, he hits really, really hard, and he's pretty easily translated to a game like Samurai Showdown.
1: You're not wrong. This is 100% correct. But biking is biking. <laughs> Biking's biking, dude. Trust me. Like you don't even need to explain why biking. You just know it's biking. All right. So, S N K again, shattering
0: all expectations with Team Sacred Treasure. Did you see this coming? No, because I don't know S N K lore. By the way, I, I just want to say this before we talk about this whole thing. One shout out to the Hollywood Discord because both Ryan Bomber and In My Pants said that hey, if you ever need S N K lore. KOF lore just holler at me because we know everything now. I don't know much about SNK and, and KOF lore I just I like the games for what they are, but they all saw this coming. They were like yep, this makes sense the other thing is uh we got made fun of because last week you said team treasure hunter (laughs) and i was like oh yeah (laughs) i didn't correct you because i didn't know either (laughs) so we're both at fault there (laughs) i was like but no it's sacred treasures and uh zio and the the crew made fun of us
1: (laughs) whatever Dude, I don't know KOF lore. I know Guilty Gear lore. You come to me for Guilty Gear lore, not KOF lore. All I know is that the whole point of Team Sacred Treasure was to hunt down Orochi.
0: Yeah, so it it, it is. It's interesting. Remember last week we were talking about. Hey, do you think the shadow all expectations part is that shaking up the teams? And because of the fact that you know we got Kyô, and we didn't actually. Let's even talk about it. So this is technically broken down to two parts. So continuing. With their weekly character announcement trailers, SNK revealed on February 17th, 2021, the face of the franchise, Kyo Kusanagi in The King of Fighters 15. The trailer did not come as a surprise as Kyo was already confirmed during the debut trailer of the game. However, after showing off his new combat skills, a team was not announced at the end of the trailer, similar to Benimaru's trailer. However, on February 21st, 2021, during the Japanese fighting game developer roundtable, number two, Chizuru Kagura, was announced and completed the Legacy Team's team Sacred Treasures featuring Kyo and Iori, which is what you just explained, that they're teaming up to get rid of Orochi. That's the reason. That was the Legacy Team in the beginning. To That was their goal, right? So now they're coming back for some reason. We don't know what their goal is, obviously, but the team is intact. The one part I want to add here before we break down this whole Team Sacred Treasures and all that is, in my pants, again, he said the reason why it was Joe released, kind of out of the blue, is because in in the lore, Dan and Joe, they're really good friends, right? And they have that Muay Thai connection. So I think that was just an ode that the fact that Capcom released Dan, so SNK released Joe, because it, it made sense. It's a little, like, a fan moment there. I
1: see. Okay, that makes sense. Because, as I was saying, it would make a lot of sense for them to kind of start, like recognizing one another i mean have you seen dan has a new his new battle outfit looks a lot like what is it uh, like mr. mr karate karate yeah so i think that they're they're finally trying to t- tell each other like hey man we're we're good friends again let's work together
0: yeah i didn't i didn't even put that together like that was uh it was like a nice little tip of the hat by snk to to capcom being like hey you guys put out dan let's put out joe it confused the hell out of me because i was like joe and iori (laughs) but (laughs) but no it it make it all makes sense now so i would assume the next trailer we'll see is probably terry or andy right team fatal fury hopefully and before we get to that let's let's break down this first uh let's start let's start from the beginning did you watch the kyo trailer
1: yeah i watched the i watch every trailer okay trust me i'm a i'm deep into the fgc i'll i'll watch all the trailers (laughs)
0: Right on. What do you think of Headband Kyo?
1: So I'm going to be honest. I liked 14th's design a lot more because it looked like he was the more modern. Like I like modern Kyo design more than schoolboy Headband Kyo. That's okay. my opinion. I know a lot of people will burn me on the stake for saying that Headband Kyo is not a good design. But, you know, that's just my opinion.
0: I mean, you have your preferences. I personally like the headband a lot, but I respect your, your pick
1: i uh I do like though his uh his gameplay and overall style though it looks really cool and I like the fact that they incorporated his uh logo in his super at the end. Mm-hmm. you saw that where basically when he does his uh his final hit of his super it's his logo. I thought that was like a
0: really nice touch yeah these trailers have been getting better and better my friend I'm really very very encouraged. It's amazing where I was like six weeks ago, right, with the initial trailer. I was just like, oh man, I'm... I said this game was gonna be the best game of twenty twenty one. You know like,
1: what they really need to do? They really need to just redo Shunei trailer and then just like be like, Hey guys, I'm sorry we sorry we screwed up Shune's trailer. Here's the real Shunei trailer. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, like start from May Tenkun and then we're good. <laughs>
1: Also, the new one with Shizuru, that was really well done.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Holy crud. I feel like all these trailers are getting longer with more explanations of mechanics. I like how every trailer now has like a taunt to show that, yeah, we weren't kidding when we showed Benny Maro having a taunt. We're really, we're really having taunts back in the game.
0: Yeah, she's a cool legacy character to have. I, I will say, I think her gameplay looks really interesting. I've seen her in KOF 98, and she seems to be pretty similar to that. And I think she looks great, too. I think the character design looks great in this engine. And that doesn't only go for her, but I've been impressed with pretty much every character, like you just said, since Shunei. Mei Tankun, Joe, Iori, and then recently Kyo. Benimaru as well. I mean, they've all, to me, I really like this new art style. And uh, I can get with it. I know people that was their fear with KOF fifteen. They were like, "Oh, it looks like crap," but I li- I like it, and I think she looks really good. Hey, man! The moment I saw another Iori, and I was just I saw that jacket. I was like, "I'm sold. I'm mm-hmm. sold immediately." No, oh, yeah, this game is doing some cool things, and it's supposed to come out in 2021. So we'll see. Okay, more <laughs> more roundtable stuff. Just a bit of a tangent here. The roundtable. This time had a lot of production issues.
1: You know, I was I, I saw something on Twitter from that one dude who like is based off a of sprite or whatever, who has like a lot of weird hot takes that are both boomer and non boomer related. And he brought up a good point. He basically said these roundtables need to stop being live. They need to be um record pre recorded with the audio dubbed over with the English casters, because the problem is, is that for one, like half of that entire announcement for everything was the English voice actors couldn't say anything. Juna and Michael Murray were muted the entire time, which is funny. Cause like only halfway between them being muted, did Michael Murray say, Hey, I think we're muted. And then you could see Juna like listening in and being like, huh? I, I, I can't hear us. And then he, he realized,
0: oh, yeah, we are muted. What the hell? They were muted multiple times throughout the session, too. So this the first hour of the roundtable was basically the Strive beta on the first day. <laughs> like, it was not a good oh, rollout. Shit show. A shit show. Yeah. But the second hour was like the Strive beta. It came back up. We got volume. We got some announcements. And much, much better. So... Uh, continuing with roundtable news, Arika has announced an updated version of its ongoing fighting game, Fighting EX Layer, another dash, for the Nintendo Switch to be released later this year. Fighting EX Layer, another dash is a separate title from Fighting EX Layer. Gogies and Dashes have been replaced by new systems such as EX Dash, EX Arrow, and EX Illusion, which are universal mechanics outside of the ones that you have to pick like Gogies and stuff. Uh, some characters have been adjusted and some moves have been revised. The netcode is also different. Fighting EX Layer Another Dash uses backstep interrupt netcode based on delay netcode. Since input delay is disguised as variable frames for several frames, in cases of extreme delays, the character positions may be corrected. Sometime after the release, Eureka hopes to replace the netcode with the quote-unquote best-of-both-games netcode, which is currently in testing and based on rollback netcode. More information on this will be announced on April 1st. Did you know that, by the way? This is the first time I've heard of this because Zio and I tested this game on PC, and I thought it was rollback. It's not. It's whatever backstep is. It's, it's like a weird version of rollback that's not rollback. I didn't know that because I fought someone
1: in Japan and like I had three frames of rollback and it felt good, but no, like I was like, wow, this feels like rollback to me. This doesn't feel like, to be fair, delay-based netcode feels like such utter ass. And now that I, all I've been playing is rollback games, I could feel delay-based netcode. It's, it's like night and day. You, you The moment you play is so much rollback, once you get into delay-based netcode games... It's so difficult to go back to. Yeah, it's so difficult. That's why I'm enjoying Strive so much, because it's just like, wow, all my inputs are coming out when I press the button. And every time I talk to my friends, they're like, yeah, this feels buttery smooth. And I'm like, yeah, this feels buttery smooth. I have zero complaints about this. And then it's like, I went to Rev 2. And the first match I had was 10 frame delay. And every move I did came out three seconds after I did it. And I was just like, what is this?
0: <laughs> Don't you hate that? Like, I I would do the same thing where I, I played like ponies or something. And I was like, well, that was really fun. I played online. So then I would go to Undernight and I'd go mess around with the Katsuki in training mode. And I'm like, you know what? I'm feeling pretty good. Let me uh, let me go online, and of course, I get matched up with some Carmine player from Peru, and on 10 frames of delay, I was like, oh, yeah, that's why I don't play this game online. <laughs> Filled so bad. Yeah. But that was interesting that he said that. So this backstep netcode is basically the middle ground of between delay and true rollback. So we'll see on April 1st what they're talking about as far as putting... Actual rollback in this game, what their progress is. One part here is uh, they only announced another Dash on Nintendo Switch. I didn't see anything or any indication that this game will come out to PC, PS4, Xbox, whatever. I'm assuming that's planned, but they did not divulge those details on the Roundtable news segment. So we'll find out more, I guess, maybe April 1st. But right now, only confirmed on Switch for another Dash. Now we have a question here on YouTube by way of that boy 81 Do you think it's developers or Nintendo being the cause for the Switch lacking in current fighting games for the current consoles? Both Tekken and Street Fighter 4 have appeared on far weaker portable hardwares, PSP, Vita, 3DS, yet the developers on Switch want to give us more Street Fighter 2 and Poken. So he mentioned the fact that you have Fighting EX Lair coming to the Switch, which is kind of like, it's technically a console, but it's also a portable console, right? It's like a weird, like, hybrid. But you don't see games like Tekken 7 or Street Fighter V coming to those, to those consoles. You think that's on developers or the actual publisher, Nintendo? Nintendo, dude. Like, every
1: time something something Nintendo-related happens, I'm just like, wow, Nintendo really just does, does not care. They're here for your money, and
0: that's it. yeah. That is, but you know what I remember when undernight CLr got announced to the switch before it got announced to pc so they do get some games right plus R is on switch right came way later but it's still on there well
1: plus R is the the best version of plus R until the uh the beta was the switch version was the best version and then the beta came out and now it's you know there's no contest it's it's mm-hmm. pc is the best
0: yeah it is weird how they select their fighting games over there but it's not like the big ones. But yeah, I don't know. I would assume maybe Nintendo has, you know, different plans. C- do you think this could be a, like a conspiracy theory? And I probably shouldn't say this because I don't know much about Smash. But do you think this could be a way of Nintendo maybe manipulating the market? So Smash is the premier fighting game on there and not like Tekken 7 or Street Fighter Five or whatever?
1: It's, it's, it's weird. It, it's kind of weird. I feel like Nintendo just, I don't know. I don't know what's going on anymore. I just, I don't like Nintendo for its business practices. (laughs) Hooray, everybody got all their Legend of Zelda games on Nintendo Switch for 60 bucks when I can go to the Nintendo Wii U and it's 10
0: bucks for the same game. Oh yeah, they did have their Direct, right? I forgot about that. And that was, I heard kind of a, it had some good stuff in there, but it had some people. So you're not a Smash guy too, too bad Pringle's not here. But uh, so I was talking in Discord and I thought everybody was happy with getting more waifus in Smash because they got those two girls from. Yeah, uh,
1: uh, Xenoblade too. Yeah,
0: Xenoblade. And I thought people would be happy with more waifus. And then from what I heard in the Discord, people were just like, well, no, not really. They actually wanted other characters that people have been requesting for 10 years. And instead they get this stuff. So people were. I can explain. People are pissed off in the Smash community.
1: About another anime sword character. And congratulations. Yes, they're waifus, but it's an anime sword fighter. And people are saying that they're pissed off because there's so many anime sword fighters already. So Season Pass 2 has literally been nothing but anime sword characters, the Season Pass. Mm -hmm. And they're just upset because it's like, we want something other than anime sword fighters. We want something (laughs) new, okay? Can we stop getting... Another anime sword fighter character. Can we just get I don't know Dante? Could we get I don't know, freaking someone with guns or something? I don't. They people don't want another anime sword fighter character. So that's why people are upset. It's not because it's waifus. Because yes, waifus. Yes, we have a character with ass and titties. Congrats. But that's not what it is. It's just another anime sword fighter character.
0: Yeah, I guess I didn't think about that. Like there's a bunch of fire emblem people in Smash and. The Dragon Quest hero guy and, and recently Sephiroth and obviously Cloud. So, yeah, that, I guess I didn't think about how many sore people they have. But, uh, yeah, that goes to show that even it's not only people on Bandai Namco fandoms or Capcom fandoms that aren't getting what they want. It's it's all fighting games, really. <laughs> We're not getting what we want because we got freaking Street Fighter and Fortnite. Oh, yeah. I didn't even put that in the show notes. That's so embarrassing. Fortnite is FGC now. Can you believe that?
1: You know what the worst part was? was the godlike artist who does this godlike old-school Street Fighter art did an art for Fortnite.
0: Was that the really bad one where they they looked white? Yeah. Wow, dude, that was bad. Like, I'm not saying you shouldn't have, uh, like, a different art style, but he took two Japanese characters and made them look Caucasian.
1: (laughs) But it's basically what it was is that he was an old-school artist, and that's why people are upset because they're like, wow... They brought this man out of retirement so that he could draw Street Fighter again. But the thing that he draws is Street Fighter with Fortnite characters. Damn. So everyone's upset because it's like this legendary artist comes out to come back and do art again for Street Fighter. And it's for this. Oh, well.
0: Yeah. I guess not two Japanese characters because Chun-Li's not Japanese, but Asian characters. <sighs> pain all i know is pain (laughs) existence is pain dude this is the fgc
1: one day one day the fgc will finally
0: get his comeuppance that
1: day will be the day we're both six feet under
0: yeah all right here's another game i used to really like tekken so (laughs) (laughs) more roundtable stuff bandai namco also revealed a short teaser trailer during the second roundtable event The trailer hinted that the next fighter coming to the Tekken 7 roster in early spring 2021 will be a female character who is also the current Prime Minister of Poland in the Tekken universe. This new character will wrap up Tekken 7's fourth season pass with a new stage set to be bundled together and is presumed to be the final DLC planned for Tekken 7's development. Most of Bandai Namco's showing during the roundtable had to do with the discussion of lowering Wi-Fi-based users to land cable users since the Wi-Fi indicator implementation with Season 4, as well as their improvements in the online tournament turnouts.
1: I have a few things to talk about this. So mm-hmm. one, every single developer, except for SNK for some reason, was like, rollback is very important to the development of fighting games and the development current development of our games. Capcom said, rollback. We need to work on our rollback. Uh, all three of our system works. Mori, Daisuke, and Katano was like, yo, our rollback in Strive is godlike. We're so happy with how it works. And Daisuke even said, I feel bad for saying that we didn't need rollback in this game because, man, it feels so much better with it in it. So we're going to continue to work on rollback. What was it? Um... Uh, Bandai Namco, they were like, yeah, we need, we know that our rollback was bad, but we need to work on it. I don't know if they said that their rollback was bad, but they said that we need rollback's the future. We need to work on rollback. Like every single one of them. SNK was kind of quiet about rollback. They didn't say it, but they didn't not say rollback. But yeah, I think that the the good thing that come out of this was that every single one of the Japanese developers said rollback's the future. We need to start. We need to stop thinking about you know. Delay based netcode—that is an—that is an archaic tool. It's all about rollback now. We need to start getting people. We need to start. And whenever this came out, whenever Bandai Namco was talking about the Wi-Fi to the um, the LAN u- ratio, one of the biggest discussions from all five of the uh, game developers was that we need to start working on finding out ways to get Wi-Fi users to play with us, because the big- biggest problem is that no one wants to play with Wi-Fi users. And it's such a huge majority. And so we need to make it so that delay-based netcode doesn't exist because that's one of the biggest hurdles to Wi-Fi. And we need to find a way to improve rollback so that Wi-Fi players can join us. Mm -hmm. Good on them. Thank the Lord. We finally have Japanese developers saying, screw delayed-based netcode. Took them, what, a pandemic? But, you know, sometimes if that's what it takes to move mountains, we'll take it.
0: Yeah, and they alluded that topic during the first roundtable, if you remember. Everybody in the comments was just, talk about rollback, talk about rollback, and they they wouldn't. They wouldn't really acknowledge it. This time, they actually had everybody prepared to talk about it. And you're right, outside of SNK, they kind of said something, but not really. They didn't confirm it like the rest of the, the publishers, or developers, rather. So, I would assume SNK will follow suit. I don't see them after, you know, seeing Strive and after seeing you know what the rest of their peers are doing in the fighting game space that they won't follow suit with implementing rollback especially with Code Mystics putting rollback in traditional SNK games so i'm I not mean, too worried about that to be honest
1: let's just let's just hope and pray and they they also said that they're going to be talking to american developers about trying to implement that stuff into their game so if it if it, if this is the gateway to getting Western and Eastern developers to make better fighting games, I'm all for it.
0: Absolutely, yeah. Just a couple notes here. For one, I still think Tekken's netcode is, is really bad. It's a little bit better in certain parts and not so good in other parts. So I think it's a little bit of a wash, but regardless, the Wi-Fi indicator is a good tool to have less encounters with people who are more likely to have a worse connection. So that's one. Number two, I would say, uh, you know, they had a 10% from, I think they had from uh, a month worth of data. Yeah,
1: 60-40 Wi-Fi to LAN, and then after the rollback, uh, not the real rollback, but after the Wi-Fi indicator, it went 50-50 because people got called out.
0: Yeah, so they had about a 10% decrease of... Wi Fi to LAN discrepancy, which is good because that means more people have adopted a cable, which is very good. One thing you touched on is, and I said this in Discord as well there's a point if you have good enough rollback, TFH, Skullgirls, Killer Instinct, you can play on Wi Fi and it's still not a problem. And I would say Strive, but I personally played Wi-Fi on Strive and it was horrendous. It was unplayable to a point until I wired. So I don't know. That could be just who a neat problem. Who did you play with? Because that's the question I wanted to ask. I actually played with Americans because the ping was only about 83. So one ping was 64.
1: Okay, because I yesterday was playing with my friends from Mikado Arcade in Japan. The highest rollback we had was 5, the lowest we had was 4, and it felt smooth. Like, I had no problems.
0: It could be my ISP. Um, I don't know. Well, we'll get to it when we talk about Strive, but I'm saying for the most part, if the rollback is good enough, you can actually get away with playing with Wi-Fi. But obviously, it is preferable that you would you would play with a LAN connection. But that was mostly what Bandai Namco focused on, which I think was... A lot of people were talking about that, how they were, they kind of fell short as far as the trailer, because everybody had some decent announcements, but Bandai Namco had a teaser, and that teaser obviously had to do with the uh, character from Poland, which by the way, you know, shout outs to Bandai Namco. I think they're one of the best of doing it. They have authentic voices for the characters. They actually represent the country. This stage is going to be a stage that looks like Poland. And I like to have that they have them speak in their native tongue and they they look like the nationality, which is really cool. Unlike a lot of other fighting games, they'll have characters that are like, oh, he's from Africa, that guy's from Australia, he's American, or she's Spanish or whatever, but they all speak Japanese. It's, I don't know, I don't really, I think the way Tekken does it, it makes it more special, like the fact that you have Lily, who's monogoth, she speaks French, or you have you know, Eddie speak uh, Brazilian or rather Portuguese. So, I mean, yeah, you're right. It is nice. But the thing that
1: everyone is confused about is what does that mean in terms of the tech and lore? Is everyone just speaking to everybody in their own native tongue and everyone just has a, a crazy babble fish in their ear that just translate everything? Or is everyone just shit talking everyone and no one knows what's going on? So then when people start raising their fists, they're like, "Oh, guess we're
0: going to fight now. Yeah, that's uh, that's more of like a, a fu- like a you know a lore thing that people don't ask questions because a lot of times you'll have Lars talking to Nina or whatever, and he's speaking Japanese, she's speaking English, and you're just like they just understand each other, so it's like I don't know, I don't even, I don't even bat an eye anymore. It's like whatever. <laughs> but regardless, Poland representation—that's really cool. It's
1: funny too because I saw on Twitter as soon as that happened, someone was like, "So we're bring- we're gonna I'm gonna bring this back up," and someone said. Hey, can we get Poland representation in Tekken 7? And then like Harada said, we can't do, we can't do Poland for representation because we need to know more about y'all's uh, culture and history before we do that. And, then, mm. and that was subtweeted with, I guess this is a false statement now.
0: Yeah, so I forgot the name of the tournament, but there was one Polish tournament. That I remember Harada really, really loved. He went there and he really enjoyed that tournament. And I wonder if that was the catalyst for him to put this character in the game. So I thought she looked like an older female character, which I don't know if it was you and I or Pringle and I when we talked about how there's no elderly females or there's no old ladies in fighting games. She has silver hair and she's the prime minister of Poland. So she can't be 20, which, thank God... So I would like to see what she looks like. Again, it was a teaser. Uh, I think we saw her chin. And then the trailer kind of cut to black saying we'll get more news next month with regards to this uh, this final character. So I said here, I I believe this is the presumed final DLC for Tekken 7 to finish off this game. Similar like how Street Fighter 5 has indicated that Season 5 will be the final development for this game. And they'll they'll look on to move to Street Fighter Six. Tekken has not confirmed that, but do you feel this is the it for this is it for Tekken Seven, or do you think that?
1: Please, Lord, let it be the end. <laughs> Please, all I ask is for this to be the end. Because if this is the end, then guess what that means? They can work on a new game with a new engine, and it could finally—and I
0: mean finally—have decent rollback. Hmm. It's. Uh... It's amazing the projections of these two games in particular, because they came out around similar times. They're, they're about a year apart, but it looks like they'll end around the same timeline. You have Street Fighter V came out horrendous, but it had it, it always had bumps in the road. And basically what Street Fighter V did throughout the last five years is it took one step forward, two steps back, and eventually they stopped taking those two steps back, and they just kind of started going one step forward, one step forward. And one step back, right? So, but if you think about the trajectory for these two games, Street Fighter V was horrendous from the start, and it's ending on a really good peak, in my opinion. Like, it's ending very well. Tekken 7 came out the gate amazing. Like, outside of the 8 frames of input lag, when they got rid of that, everybody loved the roster, the gameplay, the slowdowns. It was a great spectator game, great playing game. Everybody loved it. But it only got worse. Right, Season 2 was, I think, the peak for it, so it was really good in Season 2, really good in Season 1. Season 3, not so much. Season 4, not so much. So it's almost like these two games have experienced the highest of highs and the lowest of lows, but at different points in their life cycle. And I think if you're a Street Fighter, you you don't want to start the way you did, but you should be happy with the way you're ending. And if you're Tekken, I'm like, ugh, this is not a good look, to way to end this game, in my opinion. It's, it doesn't get me too excited about Tekken 8 because of the fact that the, the way they finished out Tekken 7 was not on a good note. Whereas with Capcom, I'm very encouraged to see what they have planned for Season 6 or for Tekken, for uh, Street Fighter 6. So many fighting games for Street <laughs> Fighter 6 because the fact that they ended so well with season five of street fighter five how, how do you feel about that concept
1: i have been since day one excited about the idea of street fighter six like i have been thinking that street fighter six will be the best like implementation of street fighter because of the simple fact that oh no, is no longer going to be part of the series anymore he's gonna so it's going to be young bloods who are excited to, to make the game because I've, as you notice have you noticed that there's more news, there's more talking, there's more information ever since Ono left? And mm-hmm. we, like, have you noticed that? Like, oh man, we, we finally are, like, we're going in, out, out with a bang. There's this, there's that, and then they're talking and everything like that. Have, have you noticed that? Like, it's crazy, right?
0: Yeah, it is really cool. They're, we talked about it last week, right? Like, they've, they've definitely been more transparent. They've been more direct. And it's, it, it's paid dividends. It really has as far as Tekken though i don't know like they i don't know how they turn out turn around the ship so close to the iceberg cuz it's i don't want to say it's too late but man it's it's tough i'm not saying you got to get rid of harada or michael murray or whoever but they need a bit of a a change there and i don't know what it's going to take it's a weird situation i still think they'll do okay with Tekken 8 but I'm just saying, leading off, Tekken eight with the way Tekken seven is ending, doesn't fill me with confidence. But uh, yeah, broken. This is this is the big one. So this is going to take probably as much as much of a chunk that we just talked about the whole news. This is probably going to take the same amount of time. Fighting game topic of the week. So let's talk Strive. So let's get started. So on February 18th to the 21st. 2021 arc system works released their guilty gear strive beta on playstation 4 to the public so let's talk and break this down and give our thoughts and initial impressions and all that so the first bullet point i put on here was getting it going this was this was how i experienced the beta i couldn't get the beta to show up on playstation 4 on the 18th so i had to go In like a roundabout way of adding it to my library through the PlayStation app or my browser. I tried my browser first. I got Gateway 504 because I cannot load it. Then I did the PlayStation app. After downloading uh, and adding it to my library, I had to link the app with my console. It could not do it. I think I struggled for about two hours. People on Discord were trying to help me. It was a whole thing. I ended up having to factory reset my PlayStation 4 and then do that process again. And it finally found my console to be able to link it. And then I downloaded it. So I, I, I thought that the rollout for this thing was horrendous.
1: Sony really dropped the ball on how to implement this rate, this beta. Like They dropped the ball hard on this one. And it's funny because the PS5, people were showing videos of how to do it on the PS5. It's literally you go to the game, on the game page and you say you go, you go to like this three bar little thing that like is the settings for it. And then you just go to download beta. So what happened to the PlayStation four? Did they just forget that the PlayStation four exists? Sony, come on. It got left behind. Apparently it sure did. It sure did. So
0: how was your
1: same thing? I had to deal with, so I had to deal with basically I went to my phone and no, it wasn't my phone. So I, I went through the, because when people were showing me how to, I was it was on my Discord, people were showing me how to get to the game. They're like, dude, you got to go to this website. You got to go to this website. You got to go to this website. And so I went to the website and my computer was, it would show just gray boxes on all five of the options. And I was mm-hmm. like, okay, I can't really click on anything. And so then one of my friends showed, uh, so then I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go and do this on my, on my phone. So I open up, a web browser, and I go to the same... uh, So I open up Discord on my phone, click on it, send it to Chrome on my phone through a web browser, and it showed up. It loaded, and I was like, all right, cool. And so I then put it into my library, and then I downloaded it. And I was able to download the the thing, the beta before the game came out for the general public, so I was able to get in day, like, second one, but, yeah, it was not... wasn't a good implementation of how to get into it.
0: no. It definitely wasn't wasn't the best of roll, rollouts for, for betas. I've only played a couple, but uh, this was by far the worst. So, okay, that's that. The beta initially didn't work for me on the 18th when I finally got it. After factory reset and after everything, it didn't work. I think it was down for, I don't know how long, maybe like six to eight hours. And you kept trying to initiate it and you got that classic fail to download R code and then it would restart over, and then I would just be mashing the X button on the PlayStation 4 controller to just try to try to get entry, and it didn't work out. The the There's a couple points here that I wanted to make that I still have issue with Arc System Works on certain things, and I know we praised them last week, I believe, or maybe the week before, about how lately with marketing and their messaging, they've been much, much better than before, because that's my number one issue with Arc System Works is that I, I used to get mad that they were so busy posting memes on Twitter versus actually help, trying to help out people and, and putting helpful information because that's what I think you know your social media account should do if you're a, a, a developer or, or a, some sort of conduit to your consumer. But regardless, you have Arc System Works. They put out initially two tweets, but now it's three tweets because we're recording this after the fact. So 12 hours apart regarding the the beta that it was having issues so the first tweet was on February 18th they said we understand that players have been unable to play the open beta due to server downtimes we are looking into options to compensate for downtime more information will be announced at a later time we seek for you or rather we seek for your kind patience thank you so that's the first tweet on the 19th the second tweet was the server error that occurred is now fixed and the game can be played we offer our sincere apologies for the trouble and inconvenience caused to everyone now initially when pringle and i recorded this podcast we did not get the third tweet that they said whether they're going to compensate for the downtime we did not know that but you just mentioned to me and this came out yesterday the third tweet was that they're extending the open beta test so they have decided to extend the beta test for two days for all participants, and now it's ending on February 23rd at 6:59 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. So I'm glad that they did that. I don't like that the tweets are so far apart, but you know what? It's okay. It is what it is. Now, I want ha- I, I kind of wanted to break down multiple sections of the game with you and kind of tell me how you feel about this. So the first thing is presentation, and this is Purely on how you, how you feel about how the game looks, how it sounds. This could be UI, character models, soundtrack, visuals, all that. What's your impression?
1: I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10 on everything except for UI. And also, well, actually, no. I'm fine with the UI at this point. You know what? Fuck it. Let's actually give a 9 out of 10 on the fucking lobby. The lobby is the literal only thing I hate. The lobby is a fucking it's hot garbage. I don't like Habo Hotel. Japan doesn't like Habo Hotel. North America doesn't like Habo Hotel. I'm pretty sure freaking Brazil doesn't like Habo Hotel. Who the hell likes this thing? <laughs> Just the way it looks or the way it's constructed? The way it looks. Mm. And kind of how it's constructed. I mean, it's easier now than the original beta to like get into matches. Like it's You can consecutively and consistently get into your matches now, which is way better than the first beta. Mm-hmm. But... God by God, no one likes this look.
0: It's certainly different. <laughs> it's it's not what you would used to with with traditional arcs and stuff. But we'll get to the lobby later, obviously. Yeah, obviously. I see it's the third
1: part. Mm. Um, presentation wise, I like it. One hundred percent great. I like um I like the hit stop. The hit stop feels really good. I feel I can feel every like when the screen shakes every time you like you block souls um attacks. You, it feels like you're blocking a very aggressive, like a destructive move. One of the things that I think is interesting that I like is the fact that when you do a counter, the game slows down, giving you a moment to breathe, to realize that now you can do an attack that you normally couldn't connect with. So it gives you the it gives you a and it also is a visual feedback loop. I think that when people don't understand this, but when games get dramatic, when you do something that is good. Is a feedback loop to you, to you saying you did good. Now go after it. And so I like that the game is like saying, "Hey, you countered. Now it's your turn." And also, not only is it your turn, but you have extra frame advantage. Go do things that you normally couldn't do. That's like a really good feeling, and I just
0: I like it. To be honest, I I disagree. <laughs> I disagree it's fine to with, disagree. With yeah, yeah. Obviously, it is fine. That's just my opinion. I (laughs) think that it's my
1: opinion that I like that. That's what they do. I've heard a lot of people complain about the fact that the slowdown is weird, but I like it because it gives me a chance to focus on what I'm going to do next.
0: Okay, yeah, I I don't think I've heard that point before. That is that is interesting. So, I believe so. When when Pringle and I talked about this, I said I believe that the game is too flashy. And I spoke to you about this last week when we were talking about uh, as visually, when I'm spectating this game, there's a lot of things happening. the animations, the particle effect, the the counter system where it's sometimes it's small, sometimes it's big. You have the the weird angles on certain moves. The, also the excerpt used to do this too, but I never really liked the fact that they changed the angle. When the round ends on the last hit. I I never like that. It's a little disorienting. And listen. The game is beautiful in my opinion. I don't think there's a better looking game right now. Like you look at the backgrounds. The stage design. The characters. It looks like you're playing an anime. Which is an amazing feat. I think it looks spectacular. But I also think it's a little overly reliant on the flashiness. And it's very dramatic. I, I don't. Necessarily like the fact that there are pauses. It it disorients me. I I like normal counter hits or heavy counters or crush counters. I don't need the whole screen to shake. I just need a little bit of an indicator, but I understand why they did it, but I it's still disorienting to me. You said last week that when you play this game, you're so focused on your character and on the other character that you won't even notice. Well, I'll tell you, there is some truth to that, however, it's still distracting to me. I'm trying to focus on my character and the other character and the meter, but the angle changes, the particle effects, the things that are happening on screen were so odd to me that it it, it shifted my attention and I was like, whoa, that was, that was a weird sequence there. The pauses, whether they're on the wall break or they're on counter hit, those are definitely things that I'm not used to, even as an anime player. I'm going to have to get adjusted to those playing this game. It's not necessarily a bad thing, but it's not exactly my cup of tea. I don't say that I hate it, but I'm definitely saying that I, I'm i not used to it. And if I could have it my way, I wouldn't have it as flashy as it is. It's gorgeous looking. It's awesome. But it's, in my opinion, I think it's too flashy. But obviously, you seem to really like those indicators. And the only
1: thing that I, I thought was weird mm-hmm. was that... I think it's, it's interesting because it's, it's me prophesizing my own event but only to myself and not to others. I've been talking... Uh, I haven't heard anybody complain about the big combo thing ever since people have been playing the game. And it's kind of like a weird self-prophecy where it's like I told you guys when you play the game you're not going to notice it. But I still hear like shadows of people saying it looks stupid because it, it's so big but again... I've been playing the game, and I do, like, 15 hit combos with Kai. I don't see a big 15. All I see is, am I able to break the wall so I can get meter again? Because I really want to break this wall right now. I really want that meter gain. Like, there's so much meter gain I want right now. And then, all of a sudden, as soon as, like, the moment that, like that thought comes out of my head, the, the, the big number's already gone. So, to me, it, it's, it comes back as, like, a self-prophecy self-fulfilling prophecy but only to like me i think because i didn't notice those big numbers did you
0: yeah because of the fact that they're transparent you if you're focusing on the other character you don't really see them but the the particle effects to be honest the particle effects really got to me because they're they're large they're very grandiose and they're dramatic and they're distracting to me but again i've only i think i have about four hours maybe played in the game. So not a lot of time to get my eyes really, you know, ready to, to predict what's happening. There's certain things, obviously, when you're playing, playing a certain game, you're able to predict what's going to happen before it even happens. So it allows your eyes to adjust to the pace of the game. So it's, it is it is jarring to me, but I think I'll get used to it the more I play with it. The only part there is that I, if I had my pick, I wouldn't go this flashy.
1: It's funny because I was thinking about it and I was like, you know, it's funny... All this particle effects feels like a Killer Instinct, but everyone praised Killer Instinct for it, but they're kind of not praising it for in this game, even though Killer Instinct, it was so grandiose in Killer Instinct that like half the screen was just, particle effects and the other half of the screen was my character so i don't think
0: they were that they were as grandiose the other part about strive compared to killer instinct is that the stages are very very small in strive you can get from wall to wall very very quickly killer instinct has larger stages and they actually expand and contract whereas strive remains consistent and if you're aware of that then a lot of times the particle effects they take so much space on screen that you have to almost wait for them to dissipate in order to continue. At least for me, uh, people who are used to playing Guilty Gear, they can just like, oh, I'm just going to rock on, but for me, I'm especially playing Potemkin who's a slower character, uh it was it was a bit of a hindrance, but it's not like a something that I'd be like, oh, I don't I'm not going to play this game now because it's there's too many particle effects. That's not where I'm at. It's just something I have to get adjusted to and and get comfortable with.
1: Well, I won't say anything about blank, but I feel like now that they revealed something, you might have a different opinion because your your character will probably be Potemkin at launch. But no. uh, we'll, we'll uh, get yeah. to that.
0: Yeah, we'll yeah. get to that later. We'll get to that later. All right. So let's go to gameplay. Wait, uh, wait, wait. What, you... One last thing on presentation. Yeah. Uh, sound. How do you feel about sound in the game? I
1: like the sound. I think that uh, I like the uh, I like the hit stop. Plus the well, hit stops more animation than sound. But I like the fact that when you you see the hit stop and it shakes, I like the audio feedback loop as well, where it's just you hear like a huge clang or like slam or something like that. It makes you feel like these fights are aggressive. It's it's really nice sounding. I, mm. I don't think I've ever had a moment where I was like, that doesn't sound good.
0: What about voice acting
1: and soundtrack? Uh, voice acting is really interesting i w- i'm more interested in the english voice acting when it comes out but i like the japanese voice actors i love faust's new uh audio direction uh the voice actor is the same as the voice actor from the previous games but now he sounds very mellow and very like i don't know how the, the word to say but like calm but like scary you know, yeah, he, it's like a, it's like a it's like a weird eerie feeling of like that seems too
0: calm or something. You know what I mean? He is a little more sinister looking in this game compared to like the the zany version of him in previous where he's kind of like a jokester. Yeah, and then when he speaks to you and he's just like see you next week. I
1: was like, "Oh. <laughs> it it brings chills to your spine." You like you, you could feel it. So I like that. That was really nice. Like the, I got to give the voice actor props because, like, again, in Exart he just sounds kooky and, and, and crazy, and then in this game he just mellows his voice out, and it fits
0: very well. Mm-hmm. I do think they they did knock it out, especially for the Japanese versions. I think they knocked it out of the park with the the voice acting. Uh, I will say, I don't I don't like the soundtrack for this game. It's it's okay. A lot of people don't like it because
1: they they don't like the lyrics. I'm pretty sure a lot of people are going to do gallery mode and they're just going to be like, put it on random, okay? And I think it's okay to go and unlock all of the gallery mode and put it on random. You don't need to listen to Giovanna's theme, okay? You don't need to listen to Soul's theme. You Mm. don't need to listen to... Well, it's not Soul's theme. Like, apparently it's the the main menu. Yeah, it's the main menu theme or the main game theme. You don't need to listen to Pot's theme. You don't need to listen to Chip's theme, okay? It's fine. I'm not saying the
0: soundtrack is bad. I'm just saying, for Guilty Gear, it's bad. Because Guilty Gear has, if not the best soundtrack, it, it's like one of the top three ever. They've always had amazing OST for their games. This one, I just think it really falls short. And I re-listened to them before this podcast, actually. I re-listened to the character trailers. Like, I don't like millias at all. I don't, I don't really like Smell of the Game. I don't know if lyrics have to do anything with it. I just don't think the soundtrack-wise, they really compare to excerpt and really compare to to accent yeah i think xx has i think that might be my favorite soundtrack of all time to be honest with you but
1: now quick question before we continue can you re-listen to uh can you re-listen to the new the new trailer because i
0: think that that one actually sounds pretty I, good well yeah we'll we'll get to that yeah we'll get to that <laughs> i i do love that one that one is really really good but I can't listen to that one all all the time, right? <laughs> like, there has to be a couple others there. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, they haven't they haven't pulled out all the that's songs true. yet, so true, we don't yeah. know. That's very true. Yeah, that's, that's just kind of how we feel about the presentation. Now let's let's move over to the gameplay. I put here, and you can add anything here that you want. So, but I just put here in parentheses how the game feels to play. You can compare and contrast the previous Guilty Gears if you want, or if you want to treat this game as a standalone, that's fine too. And then character comparisons. To previous games, how how are they the same or different?
1: So, Ramlethal is extremely dramatically different. She's no longer an Oki-based setup character. She is now a mid-screen monster who will literally kill you. I miss the day when people were sleeping on freaking Ramlethal. I miss it, because I had a feeling nobody was going to play Ramlethal. Curse you whoever started saying Yo, you guys actually need to stop sleeping on Ramlethal because now when you go to the ranking board, Ramlethal is actually the number one heaven pick character. She is the greatest character in the game. She, is, she will literally schmix you up. She will hit you from halfway across the screen. And oh, man,
0: she's powerful. She is okay? very strong. Yeah, she's very strong.
1: Kai feels interesting. I already know this is going to sound weird because I feel weird about saying it. I miss grinders. But then again, I also don't need grinders. And the only reason why I say I miss them but I don't need them is because XX Accent Core didn't have grinders. Strive doesn't have grinders. And when grinders were in the game in Exart, I was carried the hell out of it. <laughs> the, I, I was carried. Okay? You know how you said that Arizona carries uh, them fighting herd players? Yep. Grinder carries Kai players. It feels weird not having grinders, but overall, I don't feel like I it. I'm losing anything out of it. Like I can still do Oki setups even without grinder. Like I can knock you down, be on top of you, set up heavy slash uh, version of my projectile, and it. When you wake up, you're gonna get hit by it. So honestly, it's okay, and I like the fact that with hit Dragon install, it makes all your oki setups and your combo setups even more nasty because now you get more hits on everything so you can make moves that are very unsafe like stun dipper very safe
0: yeah yeah no there's every character in this game seems to have something going on that is so, I mean, the, I'm talking about the legacy characters that came from previous games. They mm-hmm. seem to be pretty similar to what they were with a couple of slight nuances that were changed. Some more than others, like I know, especially Pringle with May, he is is not a fan of her current version. But it seems like, for the most part, the legacy and returning characters, are, are they're pretty happy with. Like, even with Melia, right, like she lost
1: Pen. It's funny, I haven't heard anybody say, oh man, Melia needs Pen anymore. And I said it, I said, watch people not care about Pin. Watch people not care about Pin. They're still going to get hit with the, that crazy mix-up. I haven't read any comments about people saying, oh man, I miss Pin. I've seen people say, I miss Pin. But then on the same comment,
0: they're like, I don't need it. I still mix people up. What about the gameplay mechanics? How do you feel about Roman cancels, Red Roman cancels? How do you feel about the the wall break mechanic? All those. Um, I think Sonic Fox said it
1: best when it comes to the wall break mechanic. So a lot of people are complaining about wall breaks, not knowing what it does and how it feels. I don't know how to explain it to you, but Guilty Gear Strive is the first Guilty Gear game that I feel like that pushes you forward. Like it doesn't just say, here's a lot of crazy momentum. It's just you need to move forward. That's it. There is no other option besides press the six button and go. And you feel it. Trust me, like I feel strive saying, go forward." and one of the crazy things about the wall break is that when you wall break, you get meter literally by just existing. And meter is so important in this game because it extends your combo routes, it gives you access to uh, Roman cancel drifting, it gives you access to your your, your specials and your sup- I mean your supers. It feels like this game gives you more benefits for breaking the wall than for going for Oki. So you're overall in favor of the wall break mechanic? I'm in favor of it, because it feels like... like I don't mind going back to neutral, honestly. like Going back to neutral for me isn't a problem, because you're already... You have so much advantage when you break the wall that you kind of don't really feel it. What about... How do you feel about the damage in the game? I think the damage needs to either be toned down or this game needs to be best out of five instead of best out of three. Yeah, like Tekken. I agree. I, th- I think the damage is really, really high. This is some Tekken levels of damage, dude. Matches end really fast. I fought the best jam player, Karun, with Potemkin, and he didn't know what I was doing at first. And on the first match, I literally perfected him in like three moves.
0: Yeah, the damage is is outrageous and the, the wall break mechanic certainly promotes that with the fact that you do get meter gain and the stages being very small. It seems like the, the game does promote offense and every, I think, believe, every Guilty Gear game promotes offense. Obviously, they have a mechanic called Negative Penalty, which will make it less advantageous for you by running away, by not engaging the game gives you meter for walking forward, so it wants you to engage obviously. I will say that I I think the gameplay I don't really like it if if I had my choosing, but I understand it. I believe I told Pringle I be, I feel this game is is somewhat similar to Undernight for me. Like I don't really love the way Undernight plays per se, but I'm I 'm okay adjusting to it as long as there's like a character that I really really enjoy because then I get at least I have something to look to keep looking forward to I was like well i don't I'm not in love with the gameplay, but at least I get to play this so that's how I feel with Undernight and Akatsuki. this game I really really enjoyed pot like i, I initially picked Giovanna because Eno was not in the game and i'm a traditionally I'm an eno player, so the next most interesting character to me was uh, Giovanna. I tried her a little bit in training mode. Not my cup of tea. She looks really cool. I like her design. But when I played her, I was like, no, this is not for me. And then I experimented a little bit with Soul and Kai. And I they're okay, but they're again, they're not really for me. That's one of my biggest problems with Guilty Gear for the longest time is that I really only love one character. I can't really play any other characters because I don't love them. It's similar with Undernight. I can play a little bit of Johnny, I can play a little bit of Slayer, but it's not the same type of dedication I have for Eno. So with no Eno in the game, I just picked, okay, who's fun? And I landed on Potemkin. I had a blast. Extremely fun character. He he was so fun in that game. And as I was having fun, then I started realizing, okay, I think I'm having fun because, one, it this is a, a true next-generation fighting game, unlike the other games that I've played, which I really love, like Them's Fighting Herds or whatever Skullgirls like, those are really good fighting games, but they're not exactly next-gen. They're older titles, at least in Skullgirls' case, and TFH is an indie title, but it has been developed on for a long time. But this is a true next-gen fighting game, and it's it's really fun. As far as the damage, I'm not a big fan of it, but it is what it is. The wall break, I don't really like the fact that it pauses and then starts. It's a little startling, and I I'm not in love with that mechanic either, but I can get used to it. But one thing I will say is I believe... This game, unlike Grand Blue Fantasy, has an identity. And the identity promotes damage, promotes offense, and you kind of have to accept that. I can respect that. However, I don't like it, but I can respect that. Whereas, like Grand Blue Fantasy, I believe is caught in between two worlds. It doesn't have a true identity. When I play Strive, I know exactly what the motive is. I can tell that the developers had a vision for something, and this is it. I might not be in love with it but I can adjust to it. And that's what I've done with Undernight. That's what I've done with other games. And I treat Strive the same way, where it's like if I probably wouldn't play this game as my main game, but I could still have fun with it. I I do the same thing with Street Fighter V, by the way. Like I actually, every time I play Street Fighter V, I really enjoy it because of the way I play it. I, I don't treat it too seriously. I play it somewhat casually, and I believe Strive will be the same thing. And that was, that was my experience with it. So as far as having fun, that was achieved. As far as the gameplay, I liked it just fine. Not in love with it. But I, I mostly have respect for the fact that they picked the road and they went down it instead of trying to do best of both worlds and then achieving none of them. That was my impression of the gameplay. And now we can get to the lobby.
1: <laughs> no one likes a lobby. One out of ten. Please continue. Okay, here's the, here's the thing. The lobby's ass until everyone discovered heaven. And then everyone was like, this is the true potential of fighting games. Because once heaven was discovered and the access to get into heaven was discovered, everyone said this is the greatest fucking thing in the world and this is what fighting games should do not- from now on. Because holy crap, I've never seen so many people say uh, become gatekeepers in a fighting game until heaven was discovered.
0: So just for people who aren't who don't know what heaven is, can you explain it? Yeah, so the way this lobby is built is that there's 10 floors,
1: okay? Each one is represented by a, um, a song from rock and roll and heavy metal. The final floor is the 10th floor, which is called Stairway to Heaven, okay? Mm-hmm. Originally, people thought that Stairway to Heaven was called Stairway to Heaven because it was a nice nod to Guns N' Roses, and it was a nice nod to rock and roll and heavy metal. You mean Led Zeppelin? Well, Led Zeppelin. I'm sorry. Apologies. <laughs> <Guns and roses. laughs> I thought Guns N' Roses did... Nah, okay, man, never that's mind. <laughs> that Zeppelin, damn, dude. I'm sorry, everybody. Welcome
0: to the jungle, is Guns N' Roses.
1: Okay. You know what? I was also thinking of uh, October.
0: But, okay. Oh, man. Listen, I'm not editing that out. You're taking that L. <laughs> I'm taking that L. Okay,
1: I'm taking that L. Anyways, so... People thought that was just a nice nod. No. When you get to the 10th floor... There's a final secret floor called heaven. The way that heaven works is that unlike the previous 10 floors, you have a prerequisite into staying into heaven. So the way it works is that when you get into heaven, you have five stars on your name card. Everyone sees these five stars, by the way. Everyone. The moment you start a match with somebody, they see how many stars you have. The way it works is that you have to beat five heaven players. That's how you get your stars, is you, win, is you winning the fights. You're literally taking souls. You're taking souls. Now, here's the deal. If you lose two matches, you're instantly booted back to 10th floor. Mm. So the, the thing is, is that heaven players are literally gatekeeping you the hell away from their lobby. They're telling you this. If you want to be in heaven? You need to earn it. And I have seen every time I go online and I look at someone streaming or I talk to my friend who made it to heaven, they're like, dude, it feels so good knocking people the hell away from heaven. I'm gatekeeping heaven away from you guys. When you get to the top rank, like when you're on the way to the top rank, you have something to strive for. Plus, unlike most games like Tekken and all that, when you get top rank, you don't keep it. You don't get to stay in heaven forever. You so if you get your 5 stars you get a permanent access to heaven for 1 month. So once that 1 month is done, you have to go back and win against five other heaven players again. Hmm. So okay. there's always something to strive for. There's never a rest moment,
0: you know. Yeah, that that is a cool cool mechanic that they have there for the lobby. So I never got to heaven. I just I think I got to like the 7th floor or something like that, but
1: I'm stuck in 7th floor with you.
0: Yeah. But as far as the Okay, let's let's break it down one by one. How do you feel about the, the lobby customization, like your little avatar and all that? Hooray! I get to be a Haba Hotel character. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't too impressed, but I was like, you know what? Okay, this is fine. Like, it is kind of cute. I I'll take it or leave it. As far as how do you feel about the mechanic that you have to pull your sword out in order to play somebody? Can we just go back to the arcades? Nobody mm. likes this. Nobody likes the fact you have to pull out your
1: sword. Now, here's the deal. It's a lot better than when both players had to pull out their swords. Only one player has to pull out their sword, and the other has to just click on them and then, like, challenge them.
0: That's a lot better. But, dude, nobody likes this. So there are a couple problems that I've had with this, the, the pull-out sword system, is one, somebody would pull out their sword, and then they would teleport to, like, a, a random spot in the map where it's open, so there's not a person there already. And I would have to go find him, because people would be fighting, and then I was like, oh wait, he, I just saw him pull out a sword, but he, he just teleports, so I would have to go find him. Two was, after the match, first of all, there's you can't have instant rematch, which was really annoying. And a lot of times when you win, I experience, you know how like your little character says, thank you very much, and then the other person is still swinging their sword as if they're still playing. So you have to wait for them until they're done, and then they faceplant and then they rise back up and then you have to pull your sword out again and then play. It, it wasn't a very streamlined experience to getting matches in, right? Like it it was a little cumbersome.
1: That's true. And uh, I kind of hate that too. I hate that if uh, whoever activated the sword, they're stuck for a long period of time. So if, you, if you're the one that gets in, if, whether you win or lose, you, as soon as the fight's over with, you're good. You're, you're ready to fight again. But like mm-hmm. the person who initiated the fight they're stuck swing swinging the sword and they're either like and then after that they they say yay I won or no I lost but then you like it's it's a huge ordeal but like when you if you're the winner or loser in the other one you automatically do the yay I did it and then you're you're ready to go and you're now you're waiting on your opponent
0: yeah the the other part though is if you get too impatient and they don't have their sword out and then you hit the first one. <laughs> You get hit with the R code and that's what, like 17 minutes of waiting there?
1: It's been 87 years.
0: So that was that was really annoying. I did that multiple times thinking that I'm going to be matching up with somebody and then I open their R code and then I'm just waiting there. I'm stuck. can't do anything. So that's a penalty for impatience, I guess. But that's a ridiculous penalty. <laughs> I was just like, what is happening here, dude? But yeah,
1: that's, I, I think that that's kind of weird. But uh, other than that, I already said my pros. We all said our cons. We hate it. We hate the look of it, but we like, I, I guess I like the idea behind it. I like the implementation. I just hate mm. what it looks like, okay? It looks like ass, and it, it, the way you, you get into a match is kind of garbage, but other than that, it's okay. I just wish that they could have done that, all this good stuff, with arcade cabinets instead.
0: Yeah. So I believe I told this to Pringle as well. This lobby. I love it in theory. I actually love it more than traditional rank matches. I think having points and having ranks and having you match up with like either two people above your rank or two people under your rank, I don't like that as much as having a set floor where everybody gets demoted and promoted, and you don't have to play somebody who's really new to the game. You don't have to play somebody who's too godlike. So you get good matchmaking. So I really love that in theory. The one part that I don't like is the obviously the way they implemented it. I just I like traditional lobbies you know i rag about bb tag all the time but bb tag has an excellent lobby like a really good lobby so if they had floors like bb tag or even traditional persona or how they have arcade cabinets and exert or whatever and blaze blue so i think they would have done if they would have done that with in theory the way they're implementing this lobby of having floors and not rank matches that would have been much better but i still see room for improvement in this i don't think it's I don't think it's going to be a complete bust, but they do have to polish this thing because it's, it needs work for sure. It does. All right. Let's talk about netcode. My netcode experience was horrendous at first and an excellent later. So initially I was playing on Wi-Fi because one, I didn't really want to bring my router from, or rather my modem from upstairs, my studio to downstairs where the PlayStation is. So I was just like, I'll just play on Wi-Fi. Well, let's stress test this, this netcode because if it's really good, Wi-Fi should be all right. Well, it wasn't. It was actually really game-breaking, stuttering, freezing, and it crashed on me multiple times while playing online matches. It was awful. Like I was playing people with 63 ping, 84 ping, people who are presumably here in the states, somewhat close to me, and it was. It felt like delay-based netcode. That's it, that's how much freezing it had. Then I caved in. I went down, and I, I brought my my modem. I Put in the cable, and it's been seamless ever since. I played people from really far away, really close. The netcode has been superb; it held up, and I I think it's probably one of the better netcodes out there currently. So I don't know. I'm assuming the the Wi-Fi issue is probably just my personal ISP, because you you spoke and in, in the Discord, and I spoke to other people in the Discord who have been using Wi-Fi, and they said that they played people from really far away, and it was seamless. So it's probably a me problem. But uh, that was my experience. Uh, really bad at first, but then after I wired, very, very good.
1: To me, I got to fl- play with people from Mikado Arcade. I got to play with my friends from Mikado. felt really good.
0: Yeah, it's it's really good. It's really impressive. But in my opinion, as good as this is, I think this is so much more than just, hey, I can play my friends from far away. I think this is very meaningful for the FGC as a whole because of the fact that you have a premier developer in fighting games with a, a game that is trending to be extremely popular if you look at the metrics it's it's trending to be to sell way more than Exert as ever did and it's it's going to be in the hands of a lot of people especially with that presentation and all that to get the net code right i think you're going to make other people recognize and obviously we've already gotten some evidence of that with the roundtable, of this is this shouldn't be the future this should be the present and I think Guilty Gear taking that step and getting it right, unlike you know when Street Fighter V tried it in, in 2016, this is a huge step forward, not for just Guilty Gear, but for fighting games and playing online and playing online in decent conditions and getting good matchmaking. This means way more to just Guilty Gear players, in my opinion. It means more for the FGC as a whole.
1: I mean, as I said before... I said it already, and I'll say it again. That Japanese roundtable—they literally said because of this beta, they're considering working with Americans. That means that they're willing to listen to our to to what we can do. They're they're willing to work with us. They're willing to say, "Hey, let's get this network back right." That is a huge step forward into the FTC. We're probably going to not see any games roll with trash netcode again. I think that from now on, we're going to start seeing game developers like. From Japan having godlike netcode. And that, for one, is something that we needed.
0: Yeah. All right. uh, Overall, overall grade for the beta. And this is just strictly the beta, not the game itself, but this mostly has to do with what you came into the beta with and what you got out of it. Eight out of 10. I like it. I
1: like the game. I like how it, I like the online. I don't like the fact that our code was the greatest threat to humanity. Mm -hmm. known to man and um i don't like the lobby system i like its implementation don't get me wrong i too like how it works like you don't get matched with two people below your rank or two people above your rank you're literally only matched with people of your rank um i just wish it was in arcade cabinets instead of swords right but uh
0: overall eight out of ten that's really high i'm i would give it half your score i would give it four the reason why we would give us four is because the first day was horrendous, right? We couldn't even play. And that was the biggest issue that I had with it, is because of the fact that the 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 whole point about a with a beta is that you have to be able to play it. And I don't know I, I almost gave up to be honest with you. It was until Pringle told me he's like, Hey, you should really try to play this because then you'll be able to talk about it. But I was I got to a point where I was really frustrated that I was like, Maybe I'll just wait until April or something. But that was a that was a a really big part that I, the reason why the score is so low the parts i did like about it so the whole point with the beta was to sh- for me my goals were stress the netcode understand a little bit of the meta see if this game has an identity of some sort and see who this game is for i got answers for all of those when i i only played for about 4 hours but just knowing fighting games and experiencing this game first of all i know what the netcode's like so i'm not going to be, be surprised anymore I understand the identity of the game. Whether that's gonna change or not, maybe, but it's still it's two months from now, I don't think it's gonna change drastically. I know who could theoretically pick up this game and do okay, and will, like, what demographic it's probably gonna reach. And there's a big difference between seeing a game on YouTube or on stream, comparatively to, to playing it and feeling it for yourself, that I, I got a lot of answers from the beta so overall it was successful and given me answers to the questions that I had but the initial rollout was so big of of an issue that it's tough to overlook and like you mentioned the R code it just overshadowed the beta whether it was you in the menu or you hitting it on accident and then stuck there it was definitely a thing that was a uh, pretty annoying to deal with all throughout the weekend but overall I, I'm glad that I I played it and I, I got the answers that I was looking for.
1: So what are your thoughts about the Stripe beta? Like, Are you, are you planning... Well, I can't really say are you planning on buying the game because it was gifted to you. Shout-outs to Zio. Shout-outs to Zio. But um, is you, are you thinking about, now that you own the game, is your thoughts, I'm going to play this game often, or is it like one and done? Or is this... Like, what are your thoughts on it?
0: I guess, I mean, yeah, well... We'll get to it after the confidence issues because that's literally the last thing on this list. So I guess the, the penultimate question here is the confidence levels that the issues that we experience in the beta will be fixed prior to launch. How do you feel about the infinites? There are certain character bugs and obviously where you talked about the R code, the beta stuff, the, the lobby stuff.
1: The infinites, I don't care about the infinites because the damage scaling is so fast that you literally do no damage with infinites. And because you have burst, It's fine.
0: It could be a timer scam, though.
1: It's a timer scam, to be fair, but all infinites are timer scams. So, okay. But unlike Marvel, you know, where Marvel, there's no escape from the timer scam, this game has burst, so there's a way to get out. And uh, the certain characters having the bugs, I think they're funny, but they're going to get fixed out. They're going to get patched out.
0: Do you think this game will have all these issues done prior to launch, or is this a day one patch?
1: I think the bugs will be worked on the infinites not so much because I feel like the infinites require frame data changes and Giovanna kind of needs those frame data the way it, it is for her because the way she is built I think the only thing they can do is that if the game detects you doing an infinite that the juggle system starts to make your character heavy I think that's the only thing they can do to solve that
0: alright now the final final question for this game is the This is the excitement level for Strive, and this is post-beta. So Obviously, this is a little different for you and I now, but the question was, are you inclined to purchase or play this game more or less now after experiencing the beta? Both of us own the game now, so the first question is kind of moot.
1: For different so this- reasons,
0: though, right? Because you pre-ordered the game prior to the beta.
1: I pre-ordered because I'm a content creator, so I kind of have no choice. I need that clout money. <laughs> okay. But that wasn't. But me playing the game, I this game feels really good, and it's one of the first few fighting games where I think that I'm gonna be serious with this game. Okay. If you get what I mean, mm. like this is one of those games where I feel like I'm going to compete at a competitive level and strive to get at least top eight with this game.
0: Wow! Initially, with Strive, I I've never been a huge Guilty Gear fan. I like them a lot, but I don't love the franchise. I appreciate it for what it is. Strive was in the same case. I, I wasn't going to buy this game at launch. I wasn't going to spend full price for it, that's for sure. Even if my favorite character was in there, the game wasn't for me. And that was my my feeling post-beta. I actually had a lot of fun. I enjoyed my time with it. And even though I had a couple of gripes, none of them were too big for me to be like, I'm not buying this game, I'm not playing it. Because it's still a, a fairly decent game that I could see myself spending some time with perhaps not for full price, but I could still see myself having fun with it. So that was my that was my impression afterwards. It was like, I'll play this game when the time is right. Now, Zeo, obviously, he he gifted me the game and so now I own it. That's two things that are happening now. One, I thought, after playing this, the netcode, I thought this game would be perfect for Hollywood tournaments because it's new, it's somewhat beginner friendly and it's fun. So that's, and it obviously has excellent netcode. So that's, the the perfect scenario for a a little community tournament game i think the the biggest part of it is that i was going to buy the game regardless if eno was in or not but i just wasn't going to buy it at launch i was just going to wait for the right time now during the development roundtable which happened last night we got news of the final character for guilty gears drive and it was eno which actually made a lot of sense and i'll explain here in a bit but uh she makes up the final 15 of Guilty Gear Strive, and now it's the roster is complete. And it, it makes sense because now you have an even amount of exit representation along with original Guilty Gear representation, and now you have your Axe Core representation, so XX. And Eno makes a lot of sense to be there because she's following Angie. So I was really happy now... When I watched the trailer, first of all, I think, uh, you know me, like I love Eno, like it's the only character that I really play. I thought she looked great, right? Both visually, I thought she looked excellent. You mentioned earlier her soundtrack. I thought her soundtrack was great. I didn't, not that I have anything against the lyrics, but I didn't hear any. And I thought it was excellent. She, her move list looked pretty similar to how she normally plays in Excerpt and, and how she plays in Plus R. So I was overall encouraged. Obviously, as much as I had as much fun as I had with Pot, I'm not going to be playing him. Obviously, I will switch over to Eno now, and yeah, I was really, really encouraged watching that because uh, I think I was going to play it regardless, but now with her in the game, it's more so of an incentive. So this goes back to the whole Eunice argument: is if Eunice didn't have a I probably wouldn't play the game. Now this drive has Eno, I'm more inclined to play the game. Because now I know I potentially have something to look forward to. I, now there's a caveat. She looked like Old Eno. Doesn't mean she'll play like Old Eno. So I still have to get my hands on her and see how she plays. But um, I loved everything about it. I love I love the way she looks. I love the way she she is. And uh, yeah, that's that's by far my favorite character of of this game.
1: The only thing that scares me about Eno is that she has more air m- options. That's well, Mil- it. Milia
0: is very very aerial as well
1: well yeah but um for one thing unlike any other form of the game you can backdash off of uh, any attack and you can backdash cancel which means that you can poke your opponents with like punch or kick and if they're blocking you can backdash and get away from any of their like oh i'm gonna i'm gonna punish you for you know approaching me and two she has a new air dash downwards so, like, if she's high in the sky, she can zoom down to you. She doesn't zoom up. Like, not only does she have her, her air dash up, but she now has her air dash down. So, now she's even more tricky of a character.
0: So, she's got a lot of air potential. She, I think she'll be really, really cool. Two things that I noticed that she was missing was Kiss Super and VCL. I don't know if they're in the game or if they're not in the game, but regardless... If those are changes that they had to make to implement her and strive, that's fine. One last note here is the uh final instant kill that she did on Kai. Or final super she did on Kai Kai had a weird activation on it. It looked like an instant kill. Did did you notice that? Mm-hmm. I did too.
1: Everyone's everyone that I've talked to have been saying that it looks like an instant kill. That doesn't look like a
0: super. Mm-hmm. So that's big because right now we don't have instant kills in the game. So I don't know if it is it exclusive to her or is she some sort of returning boss character kind of like she was an xx or is everybody going to get it so a lot of questions to be remained uh asked and answered but yeah man i was really happy to see her i obviously i love her she she looked great she looked to play great i also love how everyone likes
1: her new redesign i love her redesign it looks like i love it nice. too
0: yeah i there's also some, love there's the- some people that said they did not like the glasses i Eno could wear whatever she wants I, i'll simp
1: <laughs> bro. Eno uh, boys even said it. He was like, bro, please let her have her jacket and her uh, her glasses from the Exord story trailer. And then all of a sudden they show her off with the glasses and the jacket and he was like, they answered my prayers.
0: No, she looks great. I thought that was obviously I'm biased because I love her, but uh, I thought that was one of the best Strive trailers or Strive trailers since I forgot who else was really good but I remember there was one that was actually Giovanna's actually was pretty good, but I don't really like her theme, but this one hit every single note, no pun intended, but it it was really everything I kind of wanted, and they, I said it on Discord, we were all in voice chat, I was like, hey man, they saved the best for last.
1: (laughs) They sure did, they sure did.
0: All right, but let's uh, let's wrap this up. So we have a bunch of questions here, but I'm going to roll them back for next week. Hopefully, I would like to get you and Pringle on the same podcast. But yeah, the last thing here is, I don't remember if I touched on it just because we were rushed for time last time, but uh, shout out of the week goes to uh, Hellish Court for launching. And we actually talked about this game back in the early days of Hollywood. I think maybe like episode six or seven. It's a physics-based, realistic 3D sword dueling game set in the 17th century. It currently features a survival mode, uh, duels versus the AI, and a local multiplayer mode. A free demo is now available, and the full game is also on Steam for $16.99, so check it out. It's kind of like a neat little fighting game, and it's uh, it's quite unique. So that's pretty much it. I apologize for this podcast being kind of weird. We had some technical difficulties, but, you know, it happens. Uh, Broken Wing, my friend, I appreciate you for joining me again. Mm -hmm. uh, We can find you on Twitter at BrokenWing777 underscore at Twitch. I'm sure you're going to be doing a lot more uh, Strive strive if whatever the time is left and ahead in time and all the things you do over there. I play a hat in time when the demo is gut down because I need something to keep myself happy and sane. <laughs> right, but uh, that's pretty much it for us. Shoutouts to Hollywood Discord, uh, the Patreon, uh, people on YouTube, people listening, and yeah, all that jazz. So we will see you guys next week, hopefully with a more consistent show as far as the listening is concerned. And uh, yeah, y'all, that that was it. So peace.